When we hold on to grievance and pain from the past, we keep ourselves from being able to really move into our fullest expression of self. We need to practice forgiveness from the soul recovery perspective, dissipating the energy and releasing the past for good. If you're interested in this profound transformation, I invite you to join me in Colorado the weekend of June 8th and 9th to have an incredible experience with others on this same soul recovery journey. Two full days of immersion in the soul recovery process where you will indeed leave transformed. You will be able to truly let go of these old pains and step into a new way of being. Check out the show notes for a coupon code and how to register. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recover Your Soul podcast, a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. I started Recover Your Soul after having profound changes in my life from my recovery of alcoholism, control addiction, and codependency. I was guided to share the tools and principles of spirituality and soul recovery to help others transform their lives as mine was transformed. For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first turn the attention to ourselves, focusing on inner change outer positive results in our lives will follow. As a spiritual coach, I can support you on your path to make real changes that will bring you a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. Visit the website recoveryoursoul.net to book coaching sessions, read the blog, listen to some of my original music, and subscribe to receive email updates. I think of Recover Your Soul as a community. Follow us on social media and join the private Facebook group to support each other and connect. For an extra episode each week and to support this podcast, become a Patreon member or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. Welcome back to Recover Your Soul. I'm Reverend Rachel Harrison, and I am so glad that you're joining me today. If you're new to Recover Your Soul and this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, welcome to the community and really welcome to the beginning of your soul recovery journey. And if you are on your soul recovery journey with me and you are returning again, I just want to say how much I appreciate your being here and I know how valuable your time is and that your coming back means that this is working for you. So I'm glad that everyone is here listening. For this episode, I wanted to talk about a tool that I've used to help me stop comparing and competing. It's a tool that's helped me to be more in union with somebody that I've decided is my adversary. And so we're going to be talking about how we relate to people, how we can connect better, how we can see the people in our lives as being connected to us instead of being against us, being for us instead of against us. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm inspired by this partially because of this tool, but also partially because, as you know, I read Brene Brown's The Gifts of Imperfection and gave a talk at my spiritual center as a minister on it. And there is an episode that has the whole talk on it that talked about comparison and competition. 
And this is such a big piece of who we are in the world. This is such a big piece of how we relate to other people because there is just so much bombarding us all the time that we are not enough, that we are not enough, that we have to do something, be something, do something more, be something more to be accepted. And not only did we come from those messages already from our childhood, because that's what childhood is all about, but even more than that, now with social media that has only come in the last 20 years, which is amazing to me, that we more than ever have something that is regularly telling us that we're not enough. I know for me and my experience, which this podcast is me sharing my experience with you, Soul recovery is a term that I've come up with on my own to describe what's happened to me in my recovery from alcoholism, having control issues and codependence, and the change, the perception that's happened in my mind that has changed from me being a victim, feeling like everything was happening to me, that I was weighted down by the responsibilities of the world. And it has completely opened up to a place where I'm connected to higher power. I've let go of control of every single thing besides me out there in the world. And I've quit giving my power away to other people. Because if we only have control of ourselves, and yet we give that control away to other people with their emotions, their circumstances, their problems, then we're not even doing our life to our fullest. So that's been my soul recovery journey. One of my issues that I have had over the years is always kind of having an adversary. And it's pretty hard to admit that this is true. I have to say that in this podcast, if you are one of my listeners who's been listening for a long time, man, my just laying everything out there is not always easy. It feels very exposing, very vulnerable. But I do this because I know I'm not the only one. I know that we are all in this together. I know that we all have very similar life stories, even though the circumstances and the characters are a little bit different. Ultimately, our base feelings are the same. So I'm sure I'm not the only one who has been comparing and competing my whole life and finding somebody to be my adversary. So when I think about this, when I was younger, most of you who've listened kind of know these stories, but when I was younger, I was just this, as most of us are, this innocent little child that was just trying to be liked, trying to be seen, trying to be recognized. And it's so fascinating how children emulate what they see out in the world, but in a much more basic way that can actually be much crueler because there you don't have the adult part to kind of temper some of those things. So the way that we talk to each other, the way that we are have mean girls or, you know, bully boys or the things that happen, we've all experienced this. And the truth is, if I'm really honest, which is is all about honesty, I am sure, I'm positive, that there were also times when I played the bully and the mean girl as much as there were times that I felt like I was bullied or that someone was a mean girl to me. I don't have a lot of memories of that because I think I've probably 
maybe blocked some of them out. But I think the truth is, if I'm really honest, I have had those experiences as well. But what I remember as my pain body is the thing that comes to me that has cultivated this aspect of myself that finds this competition. It's from childhood, from having girls tell me that I wasn't good enough, making fun of me, teasing me. I remember I had to stay at people's houses after school because my mom and dad had separated when I was eight and my mom had gone back to school and then eventually to graduate school um, to get her PhD in chemistry, which allowed us to have a very nice middle class life. And so I am so grateful for her to do that. But during those years when she was going back to the workforce and going back to school, I was definitely kind of left out in the cold with having to go to people's houses and having to be a latchkey kid. But when I was still in elementary school, I would go to these girls' houses down the street and wait for my mom to come home from work. And these girls, I'm sure they were wonderful, sweet, nice people, but for whatever reason, they just picked on me and they would make up reasons why I couldn't be their friend, like that that their parents were getting paid, I think, for me to stay at their house. And so they would make a point to tell me that I wasn't there by their choice, that I was only there because I had to be there. And I remember that it was Saturday Night Fever time and that album had come out and they would make up dances to the album and and they wouldn't let me participate because I wasn't really a friend yet. And those memories, those things that we do to each other as children are terrible. It's terrible that we do these things to each other. And what is that about? And yet it ends up translating into adulthood, into this place where we're still trying to prove ourselves. And so if I look forward into my life For somebody like me who did not have a lot of friends in growing up all the way until I was in junior high school, I was super, super lonely as an only child. And then when I got into middle school and had moved up to Los Alamos, New Mexico, and got to come into a new group of friends and be somebody new, by then I had gotten really good at trying to figure out how to be who you thought I should be or who to, how to be who I thought you think that I should be. And I didn't have a strong sense of myself. And there was always that competition. And even though I did have, thank goodness, I had two especially wonderful best friends that were my best friends all through middle school and high school. And I am so grateful to those two women, now women, girls, who just took me in and loved me who for who I was. I still constantly felt like I didn't fit in. And so there was always this competition of, did I have the right jeans or did I dress right or was my hair right or was my makeup right or how did I need to be to connect and fit in? And so as I got older and older and had more surety of myself, it really wasn't until probably my senior year of high school when I lived in Europe and with my stepdad and my mom in his sabbatical and had matured a little bit and especially going into college that I started to find my way 
just a little bit more, but competition and comparison was still really, really in the forefront of how I lived my life. And this constant fear that I was going to be rejected, that is my core belief system that I've had to work on overcoming is this absolute fear of rejection. And so for me, when I started drinking, the drinking was what loosened up that fear a little bit that, you know, kind of greased the wheels a little bit when you're out socially with people and you could just relax and have a good time and let the alcohol take over and not be worrying about what you looked like or what you were saying or how you were dancing. And so even though I didn't have the genetic gene for addiction, it came to me emotionally because it filled me up. If I think back to when my adversary thing started to happen, it's interesting because every single job that I've had, if I'm honest, again, this is me having to really dig in and do this work that we do in soul recovery of turning the attention to ourselves, seeing our patterns, seeing how we work with ourselves, how we interact with people, what we personally can change, not the what the world outside can change. I realized that pretty early on in my work world, there would be an adversary and it would be a person that maybe was stronger and had a big personality and big opinions. And that made me uncomfortable because the truth is I have a big personality, or at least I've grown more and more to have a big personality. Or it was somebody who I felt like was not up to speed and somebody that I felt like wasn't doing a very good job, that I could do it faster, I could do it better, and I didn't understand why they couldn't get it right because in me that helped puff me up, that helped me find that self-esteem that I had that I was like, I'm good at this and why can't this person get this situation? And if I look at how much time and energy in each of those situations, especially thinking about work situations that went into kind of complaining about or going to work and rolling your eyes over or trying to control. Uh, we talk about control a lot in soul recovery, trying to manipulate, trying to fix whatever these situations were on my adversary so much time went into wishing that other person was different. So much time went into that. And it would be a place where I could hide in my own insecurities. It was a way that I could put the attention on somebody else and my frustration on that other person and not have to turn the attention to me and what I could be doing better, how I could be more compassionate, how I could be more patient, how I could communicate better that I could change my perception and not see that person as weak and incompetent, or that I could not see that person as somebody who was better than me. If I was thinking that it was the bigger, stronger person, that their energy was, was more than me. And so I got this tool back when I was in one working situation that was especially difficult for me. And the, I've talked about it a little bit in the podcast that in the last couple years at one of my main jobs that I worked at for nine years was incredibly painful in so, 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 so many ways. 
But what I want you to know is that when I look back on those experiences now, I have such gratitude for the fact that I made it through, first of all, and that I've done this soul recovery work to take a deep look at me, to look at why my patterns are like they are, who I was trying to be, what was I trying to fill in myself, why was I acting the way that I was acting so that I can understand my pain, I can understand my resentments, I can let go of the hooks that are trying to continue to get me when I'm in my life, that when I look at that, I realize that that was important and valuable time in my life, that I don't look back on it with a whole bunch of victimhood or feeling like, oh, why did that have to happen to me? Life happens. Life is complicated. Relationships are complicated. Work is complicated. Being human is hard work. You know, I love Glennon Doyle that we can do hard things. You can do hard things. I did hard things. You can do hard things. So it isn't necessarily about looking back and wishing that it had been different. It's about looking back and digging into what those things are so that you can understand yourself better, connect more to your higher power, let go of control, let go of our humanness that grasps and wants something that's not possible and is only causing us suffering and begin to turn within and find the peace that comes from our own internal satisfaction. And that connection to our higher power, our connection to spirit, which is the place where peace is. So coming back to what this tool was. So I'm in this adversarial relationship. I think in a recent podcast, I've been talked about how man, I was like off the walls. I was drinking again. I was kind of at the worst part of that. And I was not being very patient or kind to this other coworker that I had. I had lost my management privileges through not being trusted by the the managers and the owners of the company and had even like raised my voice and like yelled at this coworker, which is just unbelievable to me to think that I, that who I am today that would do that. And then I can't remember where this tool came from. The tool is just like me. And this was one of the most profound switches that happened. And this is, you know, part of the beginning of my soul recovery work. There was a lot of little beginnings of an opening that was happening to me from various places. And until I really in earnest started working it, I wasn't grasping them and living them yet. But this one was very powerful to me and it's called Just Like Me. When I was in this adversarial relationship with this coworker and I went into meditation and I went into a quiet place where I wasn't in the grips of the frustration of work and I could be with my higher power and I could calm myself down, either writing or speaking, I would use this tool. She wants to be happy and healthy at work, just like me. She wants to be seen and valued in her work, just like me. She wants to do the best for our customers and for our employees, just like me. She wants to make money and support her family just like me. And I can already feel the emotion that comes up from using this tool. Even though 
I'm going back to the past and remembering a difficult situation. But what I feel and what makes me cry is the depth of compassion that I have for another person. And how interesting it is that this comparison, this competition puts us again on the emotional battlefield, like I talked about in a previous episode. And that the truth is, we're just these human beings. We're just brothers and sisters. We're all one, I believe, that as souls, as sentient beings, that we're all just here just trying to do the best that we can. And then when we step back and we and we realize that they're just like me, they just want a happy life just like me, it takes the sting off. It really softens the edges and makes us realize that even in the most difficult situation, that the other person is just like us, that they just want to be loved, that they just want everything to work out, that they just want to be able to experience life to the fullest. They just want to have value. They want to feel good about themselves. And so even if you're looking at a situation where it just seems like there's no place that we can stand on the same ground, then you can just say, they love their family just like me. They eat food just like me. They sleep just like me. They go to the bathroom just like me. That we are so much more the same than we are different. And if we take away all of the external stuff, all of what I call noise of what our beliefs are, where we came from, or what our religious or political backgrounds are, and we just come down to our heart. You're just like me. And that really was the beginning for me of a pretty profound shift. And that I could immediately let go of this intense anger that I had that I was directing at this person who really didn't deserve it. And if I think now back on it, I wonder, man, what the heck was going on there? What was going on there is that it's easy to target somebody as your adversary because then it doesn't allow you to look at yourself and looking at ourselves is hard work. So whether you're in a relationship with somebody and it is struggling or you're in a work situation, or you're out in the world and something crazy is going on, find the humanness. Find the part of the situation, even if it's just one or two lines that is general. Just general. It'll help switch your way of thinking almost immediately. They just want to get where they're going, just like me, on the road. They're just trying to get there as fast as they can, just like me. They just want the best for their country, just like me. They want the best for their family, just like me. If we can see each other for our union, for what we have in common, more than what we can see for what we don't have in common, and we can drop the comparison and the competition and just allow each of us to be even more ourselves and love ourselves even more deeply for who we are. And you don't have to love everyone around you. You don't have to love everybody like love them, but to just allow them to be human. 
allow them to have their own experience and even allow them to have their own experience that isn't all that great. That's their experience. It's amazing how it can shift how we can be with people and interact with people and let go of the comparison, let go of this competition and just be you. They want to be loved and liked just like me. That's a profound tool. I'll just close with the quote that I love from the Brene Brown book that was actually from her friend, Laura Williams. It says, comparison is the thief of happiness. And we are looking for happiness. So as we drop our adversaries, as we drop the competition, as we drop this need to compare, to have somebody else who is the reason why we're not happy, we will be happy. We will find our happiness. They want to be happy, just like me. Until next time, namaste. Are you wondering, how do I go deeper on my path to soul recovery? Or how do I support this great podcast? Well, here's how. Here's your call to action. If you're ready for real inner change and would like to work directly with me, visit the website and book a coaching session. I'm here to support you on your unique path. I'm here to help you let go of the past, to deepen your connection with your higher power, whatever that is for you, and to discover and then step forward into a happy and healthy life. You can also become part of our soul recovery community. One way is to join the support group. It's the first Monday of every month. It's by Zoom from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time, and you can register on the website to get your Zoom link. Recover your souls on social media. Of course, there's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, lots of ways to connect, and there's even a private Facebook group that will allow for more communication and conversation about soul recovery. There is also an extra bonus episode every Friday if you are an Apple Podcast subscriber or Patreon member. I'd also love all of the listeners to subscribe on the website so that I can keep you informed on what's going on with the podcast, the community, with me, and anything that's up and coming and new and great about soul recovery. Also, if you just take a little bit of time to give me five stars, a quick review, and to share the podcast with your friends and family, we're helping even more people to have soul recovery in their lives. If this podcast is providing you spiritual nourishment and inspiration, thank you, thank you for going to the website and pushing the donate button, whatever donation feels right to you. This means so much to me because I have this enormous mission of sharing soul recovery with the world and your donations, your bookings, your subscriptions, your being part of this community is helping that to happen. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.